welcome back to the Redemptive Parenting Podcast, where we aim to encourage and equip parents in wisdom with hope in the gospel for the everyday. Your hosts are me, Kristen, and my husband, Pastor Pete. Pastor Pete. <laughs> and this is the second episode in our second series. Somehow I messed up, so our go. episode numbers are off. But we're just going to go with it because I'm not a perfectionist. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Yep, yep, growing in that growing. way, growing in yes, grace. There yeah. you go. Um, so there you have it. In case you've been confused by our episode numbers, that's why. So now, on to our conversation. All right, well, today we're going to be exploring the idolatry that drives our fear. <laughs> <laughs> Is all fear idolatry or sin? Um, no. <laughs> because there are legitimate fears, right? Legitimate fears over... Our child's safety, legitimate fears over who their friends are. There's nothing wrong with that. However, it becomes idolatrous. It becomes sinful when those fears now control and govern and influence me more than God. <laughs> so that's that's the essence of you idolatry, right? <laughs> no, it's like that's the essence of idolatry, right? Something that is ruling me, controlling me, other than God, is something that has now taken God's place. So good things yes. can be idolatrous yes. because we make them the ultimate, ultimate thing, things. and exactly. so we're looking to it to give us life or to satisfy. Right. So I mean, I can make our marriage an idol. I can make my kids an idol. I can make. Yeah. I mean, my job and idol, things that are good things yes. can become yes. idols. Anything and everything Not in that creation. Fear is good. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but Yes, but anything and everything in creation can be an idol. So what are those idols that drive fear? Um or underneath the fear. Underneath the fear, yeah. Um failure. Fear of failure. Um again, going back to what we talked about in the first episode, this Fear that I'm not enough, that I don't measure up uh, either to my own standards, to God's standards, or to what the standards that society are putting on us. That can be in the Christian culture or in the secular world as well. Well, and I know, I mean, there's moms that feel like because their children have made bad choices Mm -hmm. that they feel like they messed up as a mom and they feel they live with such guilt. Right. Because of that. Right. And so because of the because of the guilt, then they're driven to not make mistakes uh, again. And now that's what's ruling them. So it's, again, a fear of if I'm rejected by others or if others look down upon me, if I fail in any way, uh, then I'm not going to be accepted by a certain group. Or what about our kids' failure? And <laughs> that's exactly it. Oh, my word. Yeah, that could be anything. Academically, athletically, socially. You know, what if you have a kid who doesn't have a lot of friends? If you have a kid who's on the JV team, if you have a kid who's getting low Bs and average scores of Cs. Um, Okay, and let's talk about that. I mean, I think that's another whole thing is just being average. Like we're afraid, like it's actually a fear, I think, of being average. Like we, I mean, why? (laughs) Do (laughs) Do we have to have like the best grades, be on the top sports team? I mean, we have to be our kids. Yes. 
and therefore us have yes. to be elite at everything. And it's like a fear that we failed if they're not at the very top in every single area. Right. Right. And ultimately, uh, if you were to honestly assess why, it's because you're seeking an identity in the success of your kids. If my kids do well, then people are going to look at me as if I'm better. That if, oh my gosh, yes, look, look at how good they must be. But if your kid doesn't do well, we think that it's a reflection on us and we think others are going to think less of us. So again, it goes back to this whole point that we talked about last time. That is what? We all long for affirmation. We all long to be accepted. We all long to be loved and known. And yet we're now seeking it from other people and it's manifesting itself in the way we treat and deal with our kids. But it doesn't last. Like I'm just thinking about back in the fall at the football banquet, like our senior son, seniors are recognized with certain awards and he was not named like the top Mm -hmm. defensive player. He did not get, you know, MVP. He didn't get an award basically. Um, And in that moment it was like, Oh, we look bad because he doesn't, (laughs) he's not the best. You know, right. but then at other times, like when one of our kids has gotten like, say the top award, like it feels in that moment, like, like pat ourselves on the back, right. like, oh, oh, you know, we're basking in like the success of our parenting somehow, yes. but it doesn't last because the next morning we wake up and you totally forget about it and or we <laughs> might not forget it, but the rest of the world, the world has forgotten did. about right. it, you and know? It and so it's like, we were like building all this or putting all of our hope in this award or being perfect or not failing or being above average, but it wasn't lasting. And so what do we have to do now? We have to strive or put on our kids to strive for the next best thing. The the tricky thing is like, because again, if we're honest, you're, you know, you're sitting in the stands and if your kid messes up, you automatically are afraid that other people are going to think that you weren't a good athlete, that you weren't that good. They're a reflection of us. Our children are a reflection of us. So if they do bad, then we fear that others are going to think we're bad. Oh, well, think about uh, like when you're a young mom and your child acts up oh, in public. Oh, baby in public, yeah. And it's, I, I mean, believe me, I know that is so, it's embarrassing. But yes. I think then because just the fear of what other people think, yes. I know I found myself that, oh, she or he doesn't normally act like that. That's right. You know, it's right. like all of a sudden it's like we have to justify, we have to justify. that like that, that's not their normal. Exactly. <laughs> and again, evaluate what are you doing? Why are you doing that? It's out of fear of what other people think of you. See, the the thing about finding an identity in what other people think is that, yes, I can get their approval, but I can also lose it. And because I can lose their approval, I got to constantly work to keep it. And that's the failure uh, that we fall into. And that's what drives our fears. And so it's if I can lose their approval, then I'm putting more weight. I'm elevating their opinion of me above God's. And that's when it becomes idolatrous. And so what are some other idols that are driving our fear? I mean, a huge one that comes to my mind is... 
Control. Control is a big one. Yeah, control. Which we're going to talk about that, uh, like really talk about it yes. in the next couple episodes, next... but just as an idol. like Again, control. You're trying to be more than human. I want to control the events according to my plan, according to the way I think things should be. And really, it's I'm trying to control so I have more comfort and I have more ease. Uh, we don't like discomfort and we don't like pain. And yet that's a part of that's a part of God's plan for us in a broken, fallen world. And for our kids. And for our kids. As hard as that is to, to stand by and, and watch that. But yes, the control, we want to wrap them in bubble wrap yes. so that they wouldn't ever have to experience hardship yes. or hurt. And so we do everything in our power. Yes. Well, I remember that one time uh, when we lived in Waco, uh our middle child or our youngest child um, <laughs> was an he was he's an adventurer. He's always been an adventurous child. Well, he um, went on to our playground that we had in our back, and there's a slide. But he decided that he was going to use this lawn chair uh, as a plastic little kid as a plastic kid's yeah. lawn chair, and that he was going to ride the plastic lawn chair down the slide and you freaked out because you're just like, he's going to get hurt. And I restrained you, uh, being a boy, um, dad of boys and knowing what boys do is that Jonathan just invented something to conquer. And if you would have prevented him, he wouldn't have been able to conquer. He would not have felt adventure to do it. And so, but what was driving your fear was he could get hurt. Oh, I don't want him to get hurt. Well, sometimes it takes him getting hurt to learn some lessons. And not just physically, but right. just the emotional hurt. And yes. I mean, that God uses those experiences but that we try to micromanage because ultimately it comes down to, I think I know better than God. Yes. yes. And that's, I think, something that God has been showing me more and more of as mm -hmm. our kids get older and older that I really don't trust him right. with my kids because right. I think that if I can just manage everything according right. to my plan. Yeah. And so that's my idol. Right. I guess. We, so, <laughs> so we try to, we try to be more than human. That means we, we actually live, we say God is sovereign. And yet the reality is we live as practical atheists when we try to control, because we don't live as if God is sovereign and we don't live dependently on him mm. in that case. And that has been, I feel like the recurring um, theme that God has been showing me of what it looks yeah. like to live needy and needy. dependent instead of self-sufficient mm -hmm. and as if. You're in control. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Newsflash. You're never in control, period. I mean, that's it. And that's what I think, again, the fear of not being in control is what drives a lot of our idols, which brings to the point of, you know, why do we have idols? Why do we worship idols? And I want to connect it to also to what we looked at last episode. Uh, Paul tells us in Romans 1 that we have all exchanged the truth of God for a lie. And because we have exchanged and traded the truth of God to believe a lie about God, it causes us to worship and serve 
the creature rather than the creator. So basically it's this. We believe the lie that God's not good. We believe the lie that God does not give. We believe the lie that God doesn't love us. So we turn away from him and look to find satisfaction, fulfillment, affirmation, and love from the things in creation. So if that's what we all do, we exchange the truth about God for a lie, then the solution is exchange the lie for the truth. And that's the gospel self-talk. Talk, exactly. And so again, what is it? We say, all right, I don't believe God is good or God can't give. So I'm going to go to this thing because this can give me because this is good. And there's a lie right there. And then you go to it and you realize it can't give you. It doesn't fill you. And so now exchange the lie for the truth that God does give. And where do we see it? He did not withhold his only son, but he gave him for us all. So is God good? Yes. Why? Because Jesus received what I deserved so that God could give me grace and love and mercy and forgiveness. So exchange the lie about God for the truth about God and worship and serve him rather than idols. And then it would help us see that like, okay, my kid's on the JV team or <laughs> exactly. my kid is not He's in the average. class with all his friends or, or my kid yeah. right made a C on his report card. Exactly. But that's okay. It's okay. Because that's, that's not what's going to save right. him or me. Or you. <laughs> and your standing before God isn't based on that. And if again, if you have God's acceptance, if you have God's affirmation, then you can be okay when your kids are just average. When you're average. <laughs> and you don't have to be... If you're enough in God's eyes, you don't have to strive to be enough in the eyes of others. That's freeing. It. Freeing, exactly. Yeah, we could just live in that freedom instead of the fear. Yeah. All right, so thank you for joining us today. I know it can be hard to have our idols exposed, but it's good. It's it good to think about or to realize the ways that we're trying to secure yeah. um, an identity. And, and life and satisfaction and fulfillment. And that's the thing. So God may convict you of these idols not to berate you or belittle you, but so that you would turn from them because he knows they can't give you what he can so that you would then come back and find it in him. Yes, because only when we recognize it um, do we grow in yeah. our dependence exactly. and need of him. Yep. And um, as a result, help our kids to do the same. Do the same, exactly. Because if we're caught up in, in you know these idolatrous things, then our kids too are going to, <laughs> they'll see it they'll exactly kind of think that that is where life is found so yeah. it it takes us seeing it in order to help our kids to also turn from it yes so okay the next um couple episodes we will be getting to more about just pr wanting to protect our kids mm -hmm. and then also um the helicopter helicopter and lawnmower yes parents get that in <laughs> okay that's it for now all right we'll see you next time all right bye, -bye. bye.